listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. He is the founder, the CEO of pregame.com, as well as your everyday host of Straight Out of Vegas, the voice of Vegas, Mr. R.J. Bell. R.J., how are you? I got to be honest. I It took me a lot to withhold not jumping in there. I don't like not leading the show, but this is what, this is what we promised you yesterday with your Let's just say criticisms, passive aggressiveness, maybe (laughs) this topic sounds better, maybe this topic sounds better. I said we're going to start having occasionally, and we'll see what the fans think, an A.J. Hoffman executive-produced show. He is the lead. This is like a bizarro universe that the roles are reversed. Now, now, is there any, is no, there any possibility that at some point in the show you say enough? Like, do we need to have a safe word? No, because <laughs> here's the beauty of it: is the worse it is, if it is, and I don't think it will be actually, but if it is, the more I can have my thumb on you from here on. So I'll ah. just I'll let the disaster play out. I do have, but I don't think it will be a disaster. So I, I think you're always way. thinking on the third level. Is what's I going on? I win either way. I win either way. <laughs> but but here's the thing: I don't like the way you began the show. Oh, do tell. You should have led with that I'm here because the reality is there's going to be a certain contingent. We don't know how big. Studies have yet to really unveil that when they hear your voice lead, they just turn off the radio. Ah. And, and I'm thinking if you say now they're going to hear about this maybe great show and they're going to say, how, how did I how did RJ say that he wasn't on? AJ was on. So. If this ever happens again, put that as the lead. Like the very lead? like Yes, yes, R- yes. It's, I'm RJ, so, but don't, or I'm AJ. Don't worry, though. RJ's here. Okay. I, get, I, I tried to do it a little smoother way, but I guess that way. Next time I can just say, RJ's here, but I'm going to do something first. I'm AJ Hoff. Like, yeah, I'll do it like that. Just don't turn the dot. Exactly. Okay, uh, let's let's use the Vegas lead today. The NFL division odds being released, and I really want to take a look at how th- this season's odds compare to last season's. And if this is, you know, when when we talk about looking at the NFL season, we it's always comparing apples to apples, hopefully. And but oftentimes it's hard to do that with these opening odds. We get exactly. What's happened from this time last year to, to this time now? Okay, the, the, so I think you're making a good point, but let's clarify. Is What you're saying is fundamentally teams change. Some change a lot, some change a little. Tampa Bay, for example, between the Super Bowl and the next year didn't change very much at all. And you're thinking is, hey, if we look at the odds, opening division odds, compare them to the assumptions at the end of last year – then we can say, huh, this is the pricing change due to the changes. Like New Orleans has a new coach or whatever. So we're going to identify the big moves and say what caused them and see if we agree with them. Is that is that fair to say? That's exactly what I'm looking at awesome. here. And of the eight divisions, there are five teams that are favored versus the field, which means they have a minus money. Uh, that, that means there are three divisions 
where there are plus money across the board. Now, I want to ask you, as the Vegas expert, what's the the hold like on bets like these? Are these bad bets for the betters? Okay, so the standard bet in sports betting, as most listeners know, because some listeners listen for the money, some listen to no more than their buddies, but they're all pretty much aware, hey, minus 110, minus 110, that's the typical VIG when you want to lay a spread, you know, spread is Super Bowl. Let's uh, minus what, what, what was the Super Bowl spread this year? I'm having a mental block. Uh, Rams it, ended up four. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it fell to four, right? Yeah. So Rams were four. I, I'm just trying to block out that the Rams won, to be honest. The Rams <laughs> by four. But if you wanted to bet, bet the Rams, it was minus four, minus one ten. If you took the dog plus four, minus one ten, that's a twenty cent straddle. That's about a five percent hold, a little less than five percent hold. Now. In a typical future bet like the Super Bowl, all right, Super Bowl futures, the hold can be 30, 40 percent in that range. Now, some books are more, you know, less uh, egregious in the hold they take, but most aren't. And, and what's the difference? Why would it be, you know, eight times as much upwards as 5 percent versus 40? It's because it's not obvious what the hold is. Because if you have, let's say, four possible teams, as we have to win a division, and if you put every team at even money, yeah, that would look kind of funny. But in truth, the hold there would be gigantic, right? If you put every team at six to one, it would actually be where there's a positive, you know, pool, which they, they, they would never do. So where they calibrate that in future pools, in division pools, is not as obvious. But the more teams there are, the less obvious it is. So typically with the whole league in a pool like the win a title, they're going to have a higher vid because it's harder to see it versus four teams because you're going to eyeball and say, well, three to one would be right if all these teams were even. Think about that. If there's no vig and we were just flipping coins to win the division, each of the four teams would be 3-2-1. And, th- and that means three teams would lose, one team would win, it would be exactly break-even. Well, they're not going to give you 3-1. to one. The amount they give you is going to be less than that, and it's more obvious with four teams than it is with 30 or 32, and thus there's going to be less vig than the future pools like the Super Bowl, but more vig than minus 110, minus 110. So when you look at these odds, they're obviously you're, you know who some of the the big movers are going to be. We talked about Cincinnati being uh, one of the the biggest long shots preseason to make it to a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow mania sweeping the nation. The Bengals, the biggest mover in the odds before 2021, they were 22 to one to win their division. <laughs> Now they are plus 150, the and favorites they're, they're better in the than AFC 22, North. They're better than 22 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, the Bengals. Yeah, they were, that was 22 to 1 to, to win their division last year. The Ravens take a drop, obviously. They were plus 120 last year, plus 200 now. The Browns, plus 200 last year. They're plus 310 now. The biggest dropper, though, the your Pittsburgh Steelers. They were plus 260 a year ago, plus 700 this year. Is this an overreaction to what we saw from the Bengals in 2021? Almost certainly. The only question is, how big of an overreaction? We're talking about, we know it's a mistake. How big of a mistake is it? I would make the following case. One, those odds tell us, and do me a favor, just read the odds uh, of just this year's odds right now, and this is just released to win the AFC North. Bengals plus 150, the favorites. Ravens 2-1. to one. Browns plus 310. 
Steelers seven to one. So three teams clustered Steelers last. First thing I see there is Big Ben was considered valuable because otherwise, what part of this team is really all that different? T.J. Watt signed. Yeah, the key, you know, Najee Harris still on a rookie deal, obviously, year two. This is a big statement about Mason Rudolph. It's a statement about Big Ben, even though his 18th year was still valuable in the eyes of Vegas. Even though I'm not sure how true that was, that's what the market thought. Number two, what I see is a Bengals team that easily could have missed the playoffs. I mean, we forget that. I mean, it was... If, if, in fact, McKenzie, see if you can pull up, because we do the week-to-week. Like, there was a point the Bengals, to win the division, uh, even in week 15, 16, would have been pretty significant underdogs, I think. They won a—obviously, week 18, they sat. But I'm thinking back even in week 15, even 16, it wasn't a sure thing. It wasn't close to a sure thing since he would make the playoffs or win the division. And then it's a couple of games— Right, remember the KC game in which they could have easily lost the first time around, <laughs> down by 14. Right, and then they had, if I recall, was it the? I think it was the Ravens again, and maybe that was flipped. I think it was Ravens, then KC. And listen, the Ravens are as beat up as any team in memory. Last year they were as beat up as any team in memory. So to me, right away, if I, if you tell me fade one team and back one team, bet one team. I'm betting the Ravens. I'm fading the Bengals. And it's almost a perfect storm because the Bengals were so differently valued now because of the uh, run at the end of the year. And the Ravens were so affected by injuries. Injuries are something that obviously reverses itself for the next year. And the Bengals' winning streak, there's nothing about it other than a little experience that necessarily crosses over to the next year. Yeah, the top four cap hits for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, all miss significant time in 2021. So I'm with you. I, I think the, the values on the, the Bengals are out of whack. I think the Ravens, you're getting real value. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Rice or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's one guy whose name's been kicked around a lot, or maybe he's going to be on a new team, and it started after the odds came out for last season, and that's Aaron Rodgers. And the Green Bay Packers, who were minus 210 to win the NFC North this year, minus 165 this season, so they're minus 45 cents from what they were a year ago. Maybe less than you would expect if they really thought Aaron Rodgers was leaving. The number that jumped off the page to me, though, is the Denver Broncos, who last February were 18 to 1 to win the AFC West, currently plus 450. So the second biggest mover, at least in the upward direction, after the Cincinnati Bengals is the Denver Broncos. How much of that plus 450 is baked into? 
we assume they're going to go for a, a major upgrade at quarterback. Yeah, I think it's Aaron Rodgers alone, really. I mean, who's the quarterback? I mean, we could be surprised, but who's the quarterback that Denver's going to get that moves the needle like that other than Aaron Rodgers, right? Deshaun be, Watson? Uh, possible, yeah, possible. Again, I, let me ask you, a former Houston guy, uh, you know, over 10 years uh, drive-time host down there at ESPN, is what are the odds that Deshaun Watson plays next season? Are they better than 50-50? I think think it feels about right, honestly. Because obviously we're getting closer to his legal stuff getting resolved one way or the other. And I think once it's resolved and we find out what the the punishment is going to be. When you say we're getting closer, yeah, we're all getting closer to death, too. But hopefully it's (laughs) decades away. So, yeah, I mean, like— when you look at the amount of time, first of all, there hasn't even been, if there will be any criminal charges, and we have no idea if there will be, they haven't even been filed yet. Right. They if said that should be announced by April 1st. I, but if they are filed, the, the court case probably won't even be till the next year. They don't do a court case a week later. No. So if they, to whatever degree, and I mean, you got your ear to the ground down in Houston, would you say right now, the sense is because it's been so long, it's a sign the cops don't think they have enough. Because obviously, when OJ, you know, when that all went down, he was arraigned, um, or you know, he was uh, arraigned almost immediately where they filed the charge. I guess is the way to say. So it strikes me that this doesn't mean that he's not guilty, but it means that they don't clearly have enough to proceed, or they would for the sake of justice and expediency. Yeah. But I think that is all of that is what's holding up any kind of movement on Deshaun Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson is ready to play for anyone but the Texans. But it's hard to know what the what the right price is on him until that stuff gets cleared well, I, out. I think it, a lot of people believe it will be impossible to trade for him until this is resolved, which makes it because n- not only would it be so hard to price that, like how if it, let's just say you said there's a fifty percent. How do you price this? Okay, Deshaun Watson's worth three first. Let's say if 100% cleared and this hadn't happened. Now, how much reputational uh, hurt has there been? What kind of hit has there been? And that's going to be the case regardless of how this resolves. He will never be like a pitch man. He'll never be like a face of a franchise that you love that he's the face. Because there's always going to linger somewhat. You agree with that? I do. Okay. That's probably small if he's cleared totally. Now, what happens if there's some settlements that are secret? Now the reputational hits even more, but he's able to play quicker, and this is civilly. Now what happens if there's a case filed against him, but he's found not guilty? Well, that means next season you're missing, uh, probably, meaning this upcoming season. And what happens if he's found guilty? Well, all those chances got to be accounted for, 10% this, 30%. That's too complex. It's, and it looks bad, and tell me if you agree with this. If you went to Deshaun and traded for him, like Miami was rumored to be, which I thought was crazy at the time, as I said. But if they had traded for him and they thought they priced the possibilities properly, that, hey, we're taking a chance, but we're taking a calculated risk. I still think that team takes a hit for acquiring a player that possibly could be a person that did those things until he's cleared. I don't. I think he's untouchable the, for, for the same reason he didn't play for Houston last year is the same reason a team doesn't trade for him until this is resolved. Well, the reason he didn't play for Houston last year is because he refused to. That was his choice. Mm, you think Houston would have let him play? I think they would have, yeah. Boy, I don't know. 
Mackenzie, what do you think of that? Would you, if you, what would have been the response if Houston lets Deshaun play last year? A booze across the nation. I don't think they would have done it. Remember, he asked for a trade before any of this stuff came out, so I don't know how that complicates things. Yeah, well, but here's the thing. Obviously, if he was playing... See, that's the catch-22. On one hand, him not playing made it where it wasn't as big as a, a story. So in a way, it might have been better, for, especially getting paid. I mean, imagine player empowerment. that You potentially, allegedly do a lot of bad things. And again, allegedly. And... Lo and behold, you get to sit out to to stay, you know, undercover to stay away from the heat, but you still get paid the same amount. I mean, what what a deal! Imagine AJ if you like beat someone up, and and because of that, I said AJ, you gotta you gotta sit, you can't come to the office. Oh, where should I send your check? God, that'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. Who can yeah, I beat be, up? Who can I beat up to get that I, deal? Yeah, I, let me tell you, nobody. <laughs> Because that w- I would I would have bankrupt the company before I did that, and I don't bankrupt companies, so it wouldn't happen. I mean, it'd be unfortunate. It'd be like a big guy bigger than you show up saying, "I think you're making a mistake." <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's just look at it from the broad. Let's let's take Deshaun Watson off the table and assume that that number is just Aaron Rodgers. I, I mean, what? How much? What would it go up if Aaron Rodgers does go to? They're not. Are they going to be favored over the Kansas City Chiefs if the no. if the Broncos get Rodgers? So, how much could the number jump? If they do get Rogers. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Okay, I am the B chair today, AJ strutting his stuff. I think response has been good. And again, I think you got the right analyst. But that helps. We're switching analyst roles here because we have special tees, and I love that. College basketball, especially AJ, that is ramping up. I mean, we'll get four or five games left in regular seasons, et cetera. You've got a best bet that goes at 7 Eastern. Yeah, I do. It's Iowa State minus five hosting West Virginia. I'm probably going to be fading West Virginia the rest of the way, particularly on the road. Bob Huggins has publicly questioned his team's effort, and I saw nothing to sway me in the TCU game over the weekend. West Virginia won the first matchup. It's actually their only win in the last 12 games. They shot 50% from three that game. They shoot 32% on the season and they had 31 defensive rebounds despite the fact that they rank 351st nationally in defensive rebounding rate. I think they regressed to the mean in this one. They've only won one game away from West Virginia this season and this would be Iowa State's worst loss of the season and it would drop them onto the bubble convo. Iowa State a good home team as well so I'm looking Iowa State minus five hosting West Virginia for my best bet tonight. Okay, so part of your handicap was if this team lost the game, it'd be their worst loss. So it won't it would happen. Be, it would be their worst loss of the season, and they're fighting for they're fighting for a tournament spot, which West Virginia's not. Okay, so you're saying to lose this kind of game would take a lack of focus for the most part, and yes. you can expect focus. And Iowa State's not a team who's running away with the Big Twelve. They need every win they can get to make sure that they're not a bubble team. Now I grew up in Ohio. Let's get that straight. O H I O. But <laughs> Ohio's next to West Virginia. And, and amazingly, I was about, ooh, about 150 yards from the river so I could see West Virginia from my back porch. I don't like that, but it's true. It, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, again, my sister, on her, she was born in Wheeling, West Virginia, right across the river. I was born in Ohio. <clears throat> and on her passport, it says it doesn't have uh, the city. It just has the state and the country. Oh. So it says West Virginia, U- USA or whatever. She hated that. She hated <laughs> It's funny, but 
<laughs> but here's the thing I know about Morgantown is especially in college basketball, AJ, and tell me if you have any insight into this. It's and I know this game's away, but it shows you the advantage West Virginia has at home. It's a tough travel spot. Like where the air where the airport is and flying in and the driving, it, it's a real kind of difficult trip. Are you aware of that? I am. I, I worked at in Austin when uh, you know when West Virginia came into the Big Twelve and even the, the football road trip. It's it's not an easy place to get to. And for basketball purposes, Ken Palm's website ranks home court advantage West Virginia with a four point seven home court advantage. That's the second best in Division One. Wow. Now that's a good stat. Now that's backing up an observation from my back porch with some numbers now other things literally from your back porch yes and and here's the thing is well i couldn't see morgantown you know it was (laughs) there was a basketball coach in high school that uh, coached in west virginia a long time and he coached for you know our team and he said uh he said whenever there'd be a small town in west virginia like uh moundsville he'd be like you can't get there from here that, that was his line. You can't get there from here. Now, that's an issue. If you think about that, that's almost like a Zen statement. You got to think on that one. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Executive producer AJ Hoffman for this show alone, only ever. Um, now, you were talking about shooting. So, what I gather about college basketball is that, you know, they talk about the NBA. It's a make or miss league. That if the team's making their shots, they win. If they're missing them, they lose. That's not the case as much in college basketball, but if a team makes a lot more than they should or they typically do or they make many less, fewer than they typically do, that can swing games. What I heard in your handicap was first matchup, you had the West Virginia advantage at home, uh, which is bigger than people think, and also they shot the lights out. Other team didn't, and it felt quirky that like, if you just assumed an average performance, this wasn't that, and thus you're making that adjustment too. Is that a fair way to think about it? That is, and the reason why I say that, West Virginia is the 268th best three-point shooting team in the country. Iowa State's the 11th best three-point shooting defense. So for West Virginia to have a day like that was a massive anomaly. I like this play. and So make it a fair, or I guess you did, but say it one more time, please. Iowa State minus five hosting West Virginia. Now, Gambling-wise, and it's good we're talking some theory of college basketball because, I listen, I am no purist of college basketball, though I have won a lot of money in the tournaments over the years. Ooh, that's been very successful. But what I'll say is we like to shift, you know, focus on the NBA, college basketball, during March Madness, so those two, and NFL offseason. That's a, you know, it's funny. A lot of shows struggle, especially if they're football only. Well, one of the decisions that I made what you bringing you in and again it was a no-brainer i mean honestly because of the talent and the and and he's a, as you probably get a hint he's a good man too so it's a you know but it wasn't just this but it was a bonus that and a great spe- executive producer well that is my decision you'll see in the formal <laughs> write-up but what i will say the critique uh let's just say uh, hope for a b but you are an expert at college basketball and i'm not and and to me i'm looking forward to the uh, March Madness, but let me ask you: We got about twenty seconds. Gonzaga, are they? Are, yes or no? Do they win it this year? I'll say yes. I think they are even better than they were a year ago. It doesn't look like it on paper, but Chet Holmgren is a a force that is is very difficult for anybody to deal with. One of the best three point shooters in the in the country, and one of the best shot blockers. How often do you find that combo? He's just a he's going to be a problem for everybody that they match up with. All right, we'll be covering that and all of it in the conference tournaments too. So stay tuned.